publishing a book is a victory, but it's not the end. After you sweep up the confetti and wash the champagne flutes, what's next? Authoring Onward is the podcast about those steps after your first publication. Going from published author to having a long-term writing career. And that has no clear endpoint and plenty of ups and downs. But telling stories for the long-term is so, so worth it. Sit back, listen, and together, let's author Onward. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Authoring Onward. I'm your host, author, editor, and book coach, Connie B. Dowell. And today I have an episode I'm really excited about. We're returning to author interviews for the next couple of weeks. And I have returning guest, Andy, aka ACF Bookins, um, so a fellow cozy mystery writer. And we had a great chat about rapid release as a strategy. Now, for those who aren't familiar, um, and especially those in the traditional publishing world where this is something that pretty much never or rarely happens. um, So rapid release is where indie authors release their books very, very close together. So we're talking like a release a month in Andy's case. Um, And she's been doing that for a long time. So we have a little chat about why um, it's a strategy she chose, what some those of you who are indie authors may be thinking about releasing books rather quickly might make a decision whether or not to do that, Um, some, some pros and cons, and some ways to manage that schedule. And we had a really great chat about that, about writing episodic um, style plotting and character development, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy. Let's have a listen. All right. Well, today on the podcast, I am so fortunate to have returning guest, um, ACF Bookins. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I am so glad that you're here. Um, If you want to remind readers a little bit, or I say readers, um, I'm too much in the writing world right now, and I'm in podcast land. Would you like to remind listeners um, who you are and all the things you do? Yeah, sure. So I go by Andy. I live in uh, the slightly western part of uh, Virginia near the mountains, and I write cozy mysteries. So um, I have two series out right now. One is set in the eastern shore of Maryland about a bookstore owner named Harvey, and the other is set here in the part of Virginia I live in, a fictionalized version of it, um, and stars eight stars, like she's a TV star. Yeah, <laughs> Might as well be. That's right. She focuses. Uh, she's asleep, and she focuses on architectural salvage, and unfortunately finds dead bodies in all the buildings she works in. So, um, and then I have a third series coming out this summer about a book collector who collects uh, through world travel. So we get to go around the world. Mostly, it's just my fascination with various cities that I get to write out in my books. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of lots and lots of prolific books. And so that is one of the reasons I wanted to have you back on the show is 
to talk about rapid release, um, which is something you've been doing for a while and really cranking out um, some publications. So how did you get started? Um, what led you to choose to do this? Because it's not a publishing speed everyone would want to do. Yeah. Um, honestly, I follow Emma Sinclair. So she's Kirsten Oliphant as her real persona. It's not a secret. Her romance name is Emma St. Clair. And she got started um, doing pretty rapid release in the romance sphere three years ago, I think, maybe four at this point. And I started watching what she was doing. She started to make an income that supported her family. And I thought, mm, that looks really intriguing to me. So I and didn't think I should say that at the time I could write romances, although I'm considering it now, I'm not sure what's going on in my brain there, but um, I wanted to try it. I just wanted to see how fast I could write. I have written books quickly in the past. I am just one of those people who's a fast writer. Um, and I wanted to see what kind of pace I could get on for publication. I self-published, so I didn't have a publisher or an agent that I had to be involved in the process. So in 2019, I launched my first series and I've basically been releasing a book a month for the last two years. Um, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my pace is gonna slow to about every six weeks from here on out, um, just because I need a little bit more. I have a three-year-old. Like I need a little more, a little more space in my schedule at the moment. Um, yeah, he's a little busy. It's hard to write with him around. Um, so I just, but it's works really well for me. And I really, actually, I really like the pressure of it um, because it keeps me writing pretty regularly. Yeah, that is definitely like a bonus that it keeps you in that drafting brain for um, an extended period of time. But goodness, a book a month for over two years. That is yeah. that is an impressive feat. Um, how how much did you have like in in the can, so to speak, before you released the first one? None. I had none. Oh <laughs> um, So some of those books have been box sets, right? So it's been fortunate. Like every three to four months, I'll get a little bit of a break because I'll just release a box set of the previous, of some previous release stuff. Um, but if for the, by and large, I'm writing a book every four weeks, um, which is a pace because only because I write fast and I'm writing cozy mysteries, which I love, love to read them, love to write them, but they are a formula, right? Like I don't have to figure, we're going to figure out who killed who and why at the end. That's always going to happen. That's the way the books work. So I don't have to craft an intricate plot. Basically, I have to know somebody died, a few suspects, because I'm writing now in the series I've already created. I don't have to create characters. I know sort of my general cast of characters. And then I just have to kind of move them through a series. And I have tropes for each, like, so for my bookstore series, there's always sort of a cause, like, they're raising money for a literacy foundation or they're trying to help out a homeless shelter. They're doing something sort of social justice oriented. So I always know they're working to a kind of event. So I have a short timeline. For the other series, there's always an, a topic. So like one of the victims was a trans woman. So then her gender identity became part of the conversation in the book. So I, 
that kind of stuff I already have figured out. And then I have a pace, you know, my stories usually take place only over a couple weeks. So I'm just having something happen every day. That helps me write faster. If I was trying to write literary fiction where I didn't really know where the plot was gonna go, where there was a really complex characterization going on, I wouldn't be able to write this fast. Yeah, definitely. I think genre and conventions of that genre or subgenre will make some lend themselves more to rapid release than others. Um, and even I would think um, like one of my series is historical cozies. There's no way I could research fast enough to write those. Yeah. No, anything. I mean, and I tend to write like some of mine have had historical elements to them. Like they're contemporary. They're not historical cozies, but they have history in them, but it's all history I've studied before like as I was a historian so it's not I don't have to look up the information like I can write about somebody being an architectural salvage person do enough research to kind of get my grounding in that but because it's related to history I can just write about the history I don't and I don't have to do a ton of research if I was trying to write something set in a period yeah there's no way I could work this fast there's just no way yeah the story is gonna determine some somewhat that kind of speed um so if you, you know, if for those who are listening and who are going, ooh, I'm interested. I think I'm in a genre. I think I have a premise that could be done at a at a clip. Um, what are some some kind of maybe not even before you get to pieces of advice? What are maybe some like weeding out questions that might help them decide whether or not this is for them? Yeah, one would be how fast do you write and physically write. I mean, like how fast can you form the story, but also can you type? Because um, if you're a person who handwrites, this is probably not going to be as easy for you. I would never say impossible, the harder. Um, and if you don't type or you type, say like my dad does with four fingers, it's harder, right? It's just slower. Um, I would say if you are somebody who uh, wants to wait for inspiration, like likes to mull things over and have, you know, sort of pings of ideas come to you and then you write them down. This may not work for you either because you really have to be disciplined. Like you have to, Amazon does not forgiving if you miss a pre-order deadline, right? Like, so you have to like stay on target. Um, so it does, it means you can't do, like I, I just figured out I have to write about 16 to 18,000 words by Sunday. I have to do it by Sunday. Like I don't have a choice. So, and I have my kid two of those days. So tomorrow I'm going to have to pound out 10,000 words. I'm not going to have an option about that. So it's going to, it just means I have to do it. I can't sit and be like, Oh, I really want to mull over that idea again. I don't have a choice. So you have to be able to do that. And then I think the other thing is, are you a person who has, or can gain quickly the self-publishing knowledge to get the books to market quickly. Um, if that part of it is really hard for you, then rapid release is probably not the best idea. Because for me now, I have, one, I have an assistant. So she does a lot of the mechanisms of things on the end, but I've been self-publishing for 10 years. So I know that I need to do this and this and this and this and this and this to get a book to market. And now I just have an automated process. Like, and my assistant tells me, Tuesday, Andy, you need to load this to retailers. I'm like, great. And I just do it. So that's another thing is if this is, if you're new to self-publishing, it's harder to do this because you, you still have the learning curve for how to self-publish too. Yeah, absolutely. That is, 
I would not recommend this as someone's first self-publishing experience. Um, oh no. Oh, but yeah, that's that really still very impressive to me. Is it, I'm like, I'm, I'm racking my brains. I am lucky to get like three books out a year. That maybe is like the max I've ever done. Um, awesome. Which is, yeah. So I'm just in awe of like going that fast. So as someone else who writes and has very small children, how, how do you manage those days when you've got a big word count to get through, um, but also have a kid who really needs lots of attention? <laughs> um, YouTube videos, that's my secret. Or wrote, right now, my son is into Frozen. So mm -hmm. we can put on Frozen. I have to sit with him, like, cause he's in this stage of life where he wants me very close most of the time. Yeah. So so I also have to have a pretty good ability to tune background noise out. And I just sit next to him on the couch and he watches his videos and I write. Um, so I did, was able to do that. I did 5,000 words on Monday when he was with me um, because he was tired. So we weren't as outside as much as we could have been, you know, we weren't playing as much and he would just sit and watch for, you know, half an hour at a time. And I've learned to write fast in short bursts um otherwise like tomorrow he won't be with me so I can get up and I can do a thousand words 10 times and probably still go to bed at a decent hour whereas Friday when he comes back I'll try to write before he comes and then I'll just have to squeeze in more words when he's here but giving him a distraction is really helpful um, I'm looking forward to the fact that he might get a preschool because this will also become much easier when he does that <laughs> yes <laughs> oh yeah preschool is a game changer for sure <laughs> Um, so you mentioned you don't have to craft terribly intricate, um, you know, plots and character developments and uh, cozy mystery protagonists don't change drastically from book to book. Um, but how much plotting do you do in advance? Um, what I have to write for the blurb for the cover. That's what I do. So I, I'm a pantser, like on the spectrum of plotter to pantser I'm like way on the pantser side of things um so I I always have my so this is the other part of this right like I do the prep stuff first right so I have covers done well in advance by my cover designer the pre-orders are already set up so those things are done but because I have to have covers done early or I want to have them done early I have to write my blurb that yeah. goes up for the pre-order and on the back of the book and so that means for cozies i have to know who died where they died and some element of something that's different about this book so like for the bookstore ones it'll be it's usually um a townsperson that died in a particular building post office hardware store something like that um and then i try to hint at what the sort of theme the cause is going to be you know whether it's going to be uh homelessness mother-daughter relationships disability whatever it's going to be I try to hint at that and then my cover because my cover designers want to know they want to brand everything the same they kind of need to know what time of year it is um if because it's a building oriented thing they often want to know what the buildings and I don't have my sleuth on the covers I have just buildings and I have pets in mind so the same pets appear on everything um that I have to know but that's it when I sit down I know who died, where they died, and what time of year it is. That's really what I know. Um, but, and then again, now that I'm in this new series, 
I'll do a fair amount of thinking on the new series before I start writing. So I'll have, like, I know, I know my character. I know roughly there are whole my characters are roughly my age because it's just easier to write people that are a little bit my age. Um, and she travels. So I've had to do some reading. She's first going to Edinburgh then she's going to Reykjavik and then she's going to go to Cape Town. So I've had to do a little bit of reading to know what's in those cities. I mean, I've been to Edinburgh, so that's helpful. I haven't been to the other two. So I have to do a little research. So I'll do all of that in advance before I start to write. Um, and then I'll do a lot of thinking like she's gonna have a best friend who's a trans woman, but that's not gonna be the point. Like that's not gonna be an issue. It's just gonna be part of who she is. They're gonna travel with a hamster. I'm not really sure why they just are. I've got to figure out why they're why carrying not? this. <laughs> you can put a hamster in a pocket, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and my readers like animals and then from there, it'll be all, you know, it's pretty much the same. Like I know I want to have three to five uh, suspects because I want it to be twisty. Like I want it to be a little bit unclear who's possibly in, you know, the, the murderer. Um, and then it depends on the series, whether I know whether it's going to be, you know, if the set in a log cabin, well, Around here, the log cabins are associated with the mountains. And so there's probably some mountain history that'll go into that, you know, that kind of thing. That's the kind of stuff that I know. So I know a fair amount, but I don't have any of the plot down. So you don't know who did it when you start writing? Well, I have no idea. And oh, often I, um, I'm writing, I'm more than halfway through my book right now, uh, Fatal Floss, and I have no idea who did this person. <laughs> and I always, this is the point that I start to get terrified that I'm not going to figure it out before I get to the end of the book. And I'm like, oh, please, please, please let this come together. <laughs> I need to know who it is. It always does, but it's a little nerve wracking. So no, I have no idea who did it. Yeah, guys, there's just so many different processes. Um, and I hope that's, I hope that's what listeners are taking away from this is that every writer approaches this so, so differently. There's just, there's like extremes and points along the way from like intricately plotting everything, um, which might be more where I like to be <laughs> than really pantsing it um, and kind of making it up totally as you go. And that could lead you to new creative places, either direction. Yeah, it, I think, and I firmly believe people should do the process that works for them, right? Like when I write more academic stuff, I always outline. That's a, that that kind of writing requires my brain to have a sense of where I'm going, for whatever reason, just because of the way I'm made. That does this doesn't. So, um, and I also enjoy. For me, probably some of the speed comes because I want to know what's happening next. I don't, I don't know what's coming. So I'm writing so I can figure out the story too. Um, I get bored really easily, which is not a great character trait, but it's true. And so if I hadn't already knew, I might not be as invested in my story because I'm like, oh, well, I already know he did it. So, yeah. Mm. That's really interesting because I've, I know I write faster when I do know what's going to happen next because I'm not sitting there going, oh God, I don't know what's coming. Um, so it really like your writing process and like if if you're like listening to this and going like I, I maybe don't want necessarily to to do rapid release, but to improve your writing speed, I think knowing yourself is a huge part of that. It really is because it it depends on yeah, I mean, it depends on where you get your energy for your mm -hmm. writing. I think. Like, you sound like you get a lot of energy from doing the research and like 
figuring out what the story is going to be and then, you know, moving fast because you already know it. Whereas I get the energy from figuring it out. And I like that sort of, I like the mystery of writing the mystery. Um, and that, that to me really fuels me. It's also the reason I hate revision because I really hate rereading what I've already written. Like I hate it because I'm already like, oh, I know this story. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't reread books. I don't rewatch movies. I don't even want to reread my own. So <laughs> Ah, yeah. So those are maybe like some clues listeners can pick up on which part of the process you like the most um, and whether you like to rewrite or reread movie, reread movies, <laughs> reread books, rewatch movies could clue you in onto whether you like might tend more toward plotting or more towards writing by the seat of your pants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, I mean, and also how you read, like I'm not, uh, if I'm reading for like a, a novel, I don't tend to outline, underline. I don't make notes. I just let myself disappear into the story. If I'm reading something more practical, then I might take notes or, out, or underline things. But I know a lot of people that underline as they read every mm -hmm. novel. They mark lines they love. They make notes about characters that they love. And so, I mean, that's also maybe a bit of a clue about how you would write or how you do write yeah yeah and if you stop in the middle of the book and want to go and like look up the locations where things are on the map then you might be more of a plotter exactly exactly yeah yeah so um we've talked about a lot about your process and how um people might decide whether or not rapid release is for them um you mentioned you are slowing down the pace a bit um it's two years is a long time to keep rapid releasing. So, um, you know, that sounds like maybe a strategy for, because that would be one worry that I'd have going into rapid release schedule, whether my readers would expect me to continue to do that forever. Right. I mean, I do, I mean, no, yes. Yeah, they do. They really do want you to keep going that fast. <laughs> um, the nice thing is if you're building, if you're continuing to find new readers, the more books you have, like, so now I have nine books in one series. In two weeks, I'll release um, book seven in the second series. So if somebody comes to my books now, they have 16 books to read. Like, I mean, cozy mystery readers write, read fast. They don't read as fast as romance readers, but they read fast. So that might be, you know, a couple months of reading for them, but at least they have a couple months, right? But the readers that have been with me a long time, they're like, when's book 10 and Harvey's story coming out? I'm like, oh, sometime later in the year. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just too tired right now to get them out that fast. So I've had to kind of start preparing my readers to just be like, look, it's going to be a couple more weeks between books. I just need a little bit more time. Like I need to slow down for myself, for my editors. Like I would like to do this as a long haul and I just can't. I can't keep up this pace. And so I want to make sure my books are high quality. I want to make sure they're really good when they come out. So we're going to just slow down a little bit. And I think people get that um, as much as you can get it when you don't write, like when you don't write books, nobody that's outside the industry really has any sense of how any of this happens. It's like, you know, no idea how a publisher works, no idea how we self-publish. So you just kind of have to coach them along and be like, yeah, it's just going to take me a little bit longer. They're, they've been fine so far. Yeah, I think prepping your readers is important. And you're right, they, they don't know how the sausage is made and all of the steps that go into it. Um, no, not the steps. Um, so I guess one last kind of production related question. How do you 
Um, if you want to discuss like what it's like writing now three series at once. Um, it's confusing sometimes, right? So, um, like I said, all my sleuths are middle-aged women. <laughs> so occasionally I get their um, names wrong and my readers, my beta readers will be like, no, Mika's in the other series, Andy, not this one. I'm like, oh, thank you, sorry. Um, but it also helps me stay fresh. So like right now I'm in a, um, a sequence where I'm writing three in the same series. Um, in a row. And so that's actually, that's helpful speed wise because it doesn't, I don't have to do the mental shifts to a new place, a new sort of series of tropes. Um, but it's also confusing because I'm like, so I have a book coming out in two weeks that I just edited, did the final edits on yesterday, but then I'm in the middle of writing this new one. And so I can, if I'm not careful, I can get my plots confused because I just reread one book and now I've got to write, go back and writing to this, into writing this one today. So I'm like, wait, no, this is not, this is, that one was the cabin. This one is set in, and now I can't even remember what it's set in, right? Like, so, <laughs> because I'm writing so fast. Um, the books are, I think they're good, but it is, I mean, you're creating an entire world, like basically a whole story and you have to live in that space a little bit. It is, it's exhausting and tiring and confusing sometimes so yeah it is um and um I guess I, th I said one last crisis question but I don't know I know I've thought of one more as we're chatting um because I've often thought that series writers especially rapid release and especially um genres like cozy mystery can learn can, there's a lot of parallels between that and screenwriting and I wondered if that's something that you'd notice as well yeah, I, I, I haven't watched TV in a couple of weeks, which is kind of weird for me because part of the reason I like to, and I usually watch um, literally TV, not films, because I like to see the episodic kind of way a story will unfold. So um, I just was most recently watching Money Heist, which is a Spanish um, heist series. It's like fascinating. They rob these, like the Bank of Spain and stuff. Um, and it's, that was a fascinating series to me because one, they're doing a series of heists. So in that sense, it's similar to writing a cozy mystery series, but you're also seeing, it's an ensemble show. So you're seeing like one character and in one episode, you might really like that character. And then something will get revealed in the next, ep next episode where you think that character is really sinister and then it'll flip again or another character. That does remind me of cozies because while you don't have a sleuth who becomes, there's not some like radical personality change or something like that. Hopefully your characters are changing in nuance as they go through the stories, right? Like, like my character, Harvey is really nosy. Like she likes to call herself curious, but she's just really nosy. And she's learning that that is like literally dangerous to her, but also just not always great for her to like put herself in the middle of everything because it, it, it sort of fragments her, it makes her distracted from her business, for example. So hopefully like, just like in a TV show, you see people evolving. That's hopefully what's happening over a cozy series too, at least in, you know, small ways. The dogs are always gonna be there. My dogs apparently are gonna have to live to be a hundred because if I kill them off in the books, people will be very sad. So they're gonna be very ancient dogs, but that's all right with me. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
but but yeah the 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 um the plotting and the character development in an episodic kind of series is so different and yet most advice for writers of novels out there you know that is advice on plotting and character development that is much more like a movie than it is like a tv episode and if you write something like kuzima Street where the characters are are mostly static but not entirely it is much more like tv plotting yeah yeah i really think it is i always think of um if i could write as well as the writers on the good place wrote like that's kind of my standard of like how do you create like a, a really complex system i mean the theories behind that i would have to sit down and break down we're not in hell but we are in hell but we're not in hell whatever that was going on in that <laughs> But the, but again, it's that sort of like, you're starting to get this slow reveal of the characters as they go by. And if you watch a film, like I just watched Encanto the other day. I mean, it's a kid's film, but still, or Frozen, which I've seen 200 times in the last couple of weeks. Um, that's a very, uh, that change has to be fast because mm -hmm. you're doing it in two hours, right? So yeah, I think the tendency to compare a novel and a film are, are actually problematic because it's not the same like it may be sort of the same scope wise but it's not the same kind of yeah it's not the same kind of development at least in genre fiction like romance or cozies or those kinds of things now if you're writing outlander i mean all bets are off season six is out everybody excited yeah a standalone <laughs> novel is more like more like a film but yeah exactly yeah a series not so much um yeah, well, it has been great chatting with you this afternoon. Andy, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? No, I mean, I think if you want to do rapid release, people should try it. I mean, see, and if, and a lot of people do it by having, like you said, books in the can, right? So you write four or five books and then you just, the speed comes when you release them. That mm -hmm. is a completely great way to do it. So like, if you want to spend the next year and you want to write four great novels and then next in 2023 you do january 2nd january 20th Jan february 5th, you know just release them two weeks apart that's a really great way to do it and to take the pressure off yourself a little bit about the schedule so yeah yeah well it's um again been lovely to have you on can you remind listeners where we can find you and your books and all you do online Sure. So um, my website is acfbookins.com. Really simple. You can get copies of the books there or anywhere that you buy books in ebook or paperback. Uh, the audiobooks for a lot of my series are on Scribd. If you're a Scribd subscriber, you can get them there. Um, I'm on TikTok. I can't even believe I'm on TikTok, but I'm on TikTok as myself, ACF Bookins. And then I'm on um, Instagram as my, my given name, Andy Cumbo Floyd. No secret there. So you can find me there. I'd love to see you guys. All right. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Connie. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you really enjoyed this chat. I know I did in the middle of a really insanely busy week. Um, I was so glad that I was able to make time for this interview. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff to take away from this. I think even if you know, you're not tempted by rapid release at all. I think my major takeaway from our chat was just how, how different everybody works. Um, and that that's okay, that every writer has their own process. And that process may be wildly different from someone else, even writing in the same genre and the same subgenre, very similar type 
audience that our brains just all work really differently. And you have to work at the pace and the style that works for you and your own unique brain and your career stage and your life stage and that your processes are going to evolve over time. So don't be, you know, and that's okay. In fact, that's really to be expected. I know that mine have evolved over time um, and will continue to evolve throughout my writing career. So that is it for this week. Um, I have a pretty full editing schedule coming up, but I am booking for April onward. And, and despite my current busy schedule of editing, I still have enough time to do some, some free sample edits or proofreads if you would like to see if I am the right editor for you. So just head on over to bookechoes.com slash services to learn more. Until next week, happy writing, folks.